Humans are most alive when they light up from their passions. Curious to learn who will be sparking us today? Welcome to where we're most alive right now. Our guest for this episode lives as intentionally in line with his passions as anyone you'll meet. Josh Greco curates nearly everything in his life in an orientation he loves, is excited by, and has worked tirelessly to define for himself. I think that shines through when he talks, and it makes me think, yeah, why wouldn't we all do that? He didn't invent the principles he espouses, he just makes them seem easy to attain with a delivery that feels so relatable, and I don't think I feel that way just because he's my brother. Yes, Josh and I go way back. He's only two years older than I am, and he's always had an affinity for doing things on his own terms. He's just gone from hiding vegetables he didn't want to eat on the windowsill to amassing success in multiple career fields in which he had no experience. He's also always known how to push people's buttons. He's just gone from getting under people's skins, like in our childhood street hockey games, to motivating, inspiring, and helping people by getting to their core. Despite our ages, or maybe because of them, we weren't all that close through high school, but we ended up at the same college for a year and grew a lot closer as we matured in life. You'll hear a lot about why I'm grateful for that in our talk. As people do, and perhaps especially siblings, Josh and I have our differences. Related to the principles he champions, he and I may draw our limits of their application at different levels, and you may too. But at their core, the foundation, the overwhelming majority of their makeup were powerfully aligned. That alignment is what you'll hear in our conversation, and where it lies, again, why not live this way? Why not live like Josh Greco? do it fun. yeah i'm hoping we can have some fun josh thanks for thanks for doing this i'm pumped good i want to hear about why i you're one of the lucky ones i think that uh enjoys what they do day in and day out although i don't think it's been very much luck i think it's been something else so you want to maybe talk about what you do and how you feel about it yeah um just last year in 2020 officially cut ties from the corporate world to pursue my own endeavors to be a business coach All right yeah i had the a privilege of meeting specific people that work for this umbrella company called Pro Advisor Coach. A little plug there. Uh, but when I talked to these people, it was it was my people. It was the people I've been looking for uh, for a while, without knowing that I was looking for them. But the way that I saw life, the way that I I saw work, the way that I saw success and happiness and fulfillment, like all resonated through all these people the same way. You know, it, it wasn't this immediate thing that I jumped into. There was definitely this transition piece that had to be solved. But I got so excited that there was, I wouldn't accept anything less. And looking back on it, it all makes sense. But it was quite a process to get it up and running. But I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Gnarly. Let's talk about that process. How far back you want to go? Well, I think uh, the, the timing of it was pretty serendipitous. Okay. I really started exploring and having these conversations with some of these coaches uh, that work for the same company in the winter before COVID. So I, I really liked what was happening and wanted to test drive the car, so to speak. And and then March happened and COVID happened and everything shut down. And my, my regular job, my, my full 40 hour a week job of, of sales, outside sales and the facilities maintenance industry just came to a halt. And there's obviously nobody buying anything just like many other industries. And we were forced to work from home. So to occupy my time, I explored more and more of what this coaching would be and could be and and was, you know, just getting certified and understanding the principles and seeing how I could, I, I myself could deliver value to other people and make their lives better. I, I started to spend more and more of my time on it and it became very clear that uh, that was the path that I wanted to pursue, reach a certain level of business development before I felt comfortable cutting ties with my previous company which is what I ended up doing at the end of July of 2020. Very good. 
So I think I want to keep going on what you love about this job and why you said the things you said in the beginning. And then I want to go back and figure out how you got here. But first, like, what? why do you love it so much? Why are you so passionate about what you do? Well, I mean, I coach people to come up with ideal days or ideal weeks or ideal ideal ways to spend their time. And I find, or I found myself having multiple versions of that. It doesn't have to be one thing where you wake up and you, you know, go down the water slide and then you have your favorite funnel cake. You can have all these different kinds of. That's a good start fun. though. I've had days where I feel like that, where I'm going down the, the water slide and there's a funnel cake waiting, waiting for me. <laughs> but even on the challenging, the quote unquote challenging days, I'm still getting on Zoom, connecting with other like-minded business owners or entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out and navigate the best ways to run their companies or the best ways to run their businesses. And I get to explore with them and figure out a different ap- approach or hold up the mirror to them and, and say, this is what I'm hearing. Is this, is this who you want to be? Is this the company you want to run? And, you know, there, there's more than that. There's other principles that we dive into. But, um, you know, you, you would think you'd get drained from having 12 or 14 Zoom calls a day, which is sometimes what I do. But at the end, I have to find myself winding down because I, I get so much out of it. So to answer your question, it's twofold. I get to help other people, which seems to be a universal drive for people. But what I figured out in that journey of desiring to help other people is that I had to help myself first. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to teach other people how to embody these principles, I have to, to be the very best of them myself. And what does that mean? That means self-development, self-improvement, being honest with myself, figuring out where my emotions come from, where my resistance came from, solving these self-reflective problems that a lot of the world right now ignores or doesn't even know how to address. And I think maybe COVID uh, helped be a catalyst to show people how to go about that. Uh, COVID's further separated the you know, the income gap, because I think people who are successful are always going to be successful and will figure anything out. I think the people who pivoted and figured out how to drive value for their customers in unique ways are the people who thrive during this time period. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When we talk about adversity, this is obviously a major example of that. And I, from knowing you in other conversations, that's, that's what I hear you saying is that as an individual, you've got to hold up the mirror to yourself or have maybe somebody help you with that. To look at, okay, this sucks. There's a lot of terrible things, but what can I do about it? And keep going from there and, and make it work. And they've, certain people have done that. A lot of people have done that. And then you talk about the water slide thing. What I like there, you have 12 to 14 Zoom calls. So it's like you have 12 to 14 different rides at the water park to ride. And it's really even bigger than that because it's not just water parks. It's someday it's a water park. Someday it's a, I don't know, a restaurant, corporate America. What, so you probably get a ton of variety of clients that you work with. So that's got to keep you on your toes. I was going to say, it might even be different amusement parks. Someday it's a roller coaster. Someday it's a water slide. Someday I get to strap on the, the roller blades and, and go play hockey in the street or something something like that. It's all stuff that I enjoy doing, which is the best part about this. That's why I, that's why I like what I do so much is because I like every part of what I do. And that's what I want. That's the message I want to share with other people is that everybody can have that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we try to fit in what we should be doing to what is expected of us or what other people tell us that we should be doing. And I just reject that on all levels. So you talked about you had to work on you for this. And you also specifically said, where do my emotions come from? Or where does resistance come from? And this is how you've helped clients as well. And when you first told me that you're going to be a business coach, that's not what I pictured necessarily. You picture more business things, right? Technical things. But it's like from this foundation of almost a therapy, a psychology, uh, a mental health, which is so important, I think. And, and like you said, COVID is, I think, making that more 
understood and more accepted broadly. From that foundation, we can have this growth and live this type of lifestyle you're talking where we're in line with what we want, what excites us. Is that an accurate characterization? Is that how you're seeing it? Yeah. It just goes to the stigma that, you know, maybe we have to be somebody different in a professional environment than our personal environment. And I I reject that too. I, I think that's an old school way of thinking. I think that served us in that environment to show up, clock in and out, collect our paycheck and then go home to our families. But it's just the, the world's not like that anymore. We have this great um, depiction of what coaching actually is, right? So we have this big iceberg on this sheet of paper and you can think of the above the waterline, the below the waterline uh, yep. elements of coaching. So above the waterline is that little iceberg that you see above the water. That's, that's all the tangible stuff. That's your goals. That's your income. That's your whatever you can measure, whatever is tangible that you want to achieve. But it all is based on this below the waterline stuff, psychology, your belief systems, the way you were raised, what you've been through. And I think you can't properly coach anybody without having a certain level of understanding of where people have come from, what they've accomplished, what they've overcome in their lives and, and what they're facing. You know, a lot of what emotions show up in our lives today are based on stuff from the past. You know, you think of the first time that you were ever scared or the first time that that you face adversity, you know, certain things lock into your consciousness that are totally unique to you. Nobody else experiences the same things you experience in your in your life. They're and not I think the same way either. Well, yeah, and, and you think of some think of an event that happens now and COVID is a perfect example of that. Uh, because of what you've been through, you see it differently. Um, which I think is the case for everybody. You just we have our own unique lenses through which we see the world. And for me to properly coach people to reach their true potential, I have to have a certain level of understanding of where they're coming from to be able to do that. And that's why I love my job so much is because I'm I just I'm a people person. From a young age, I've just wanted to walk a mile in everybody's shoes that I've ever come in contact with. I wanted to understand why people have the perceptions they do. You why felt that way about me when I was like eight and you were 10? I think I got a taste of it and then I was good with it. Right? <laughs> no more of that. And I wanted to let you know that your your shoes were, were not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I remember that. But yeah, there are better since then, things there. have changed by all means. But at eight years old, I don't know. It was a little different. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think there was a lot of judgment in, in young Josh. You know, like I said, until you come to understand these principles, um, you project onto other people. This is this is one of my favorite topics. So this is this is a perfect point here. Because Good. All the people in our lives are, are here to serve us for ourselves. So if I feel a certain way about somebody, they're there to teach me something about myself that I have to overcome. All right. I thought you were going to keep going. but <laughs> Well, I'm, I can go in so many directions there. This this mindset, like you, you just alluded to, there was a change over time. You haven't necessarily always thought exactly this way, although certain aspects or core aspects of it have been you the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess what are some of the key events in your life that contributed to your growth along this path? There's one key event that I can point everything to. Do I know it? Uh, I think you do. All right. Well, the listeners might not, so we should point it out. Okay. Yeah, I should tell them. Yeah, I'll tell them. So, Please. Well, well, let me give a brief 30-second background story because that's important to understand it too. So when I first moved away from everything I knew in Western New York to move to Charlotte, the main driver of that was to just start fresh, to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like in this world, what I could be doing, what what I could, what was useful enough or worth it enough for me to spend my time doing. 
And I think I had this recognition without actually knowing it at the time that so much of what I believed in was was believed in for me. You know, throughout mm. high school, I felt like I was this kind of like tumbleweed and just just went along with whatever, just very passive. And, you know, sports were kind of my crutch at that time, but I, I really didn't believe or stand for anything. Mm-hmm. So not really knowing what I was looking for, I watched this documentary within maybe two months of moving to Charlotte that changed my life. And it's called The Secret. I was on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. And, uh, you know, there's a, a bit of corniness you have to get over when you watch this thing. But I, I watch it every couple months still to this day because the principles that it espoused, when I, I remember when I first watched it, I said, if this stuff is true, I, I have to live my life like this. And I, I have ever since. And what, what is this stuff for people who haven't seen it? It's just, it's the, it's the power of your, your inner being, your mind, your brain. Like mm-hmm. we have no idea how powerful we are in our own minds. We become what we think about is maybe one of the, the most basic foundation foundational principles that everybody should know that they don't teach you in school. The more you think about something, the more you the more likely you are to become that thing. And it's the case with success and failure and achievement. If you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, write it every day. Put it in your consciousness. Think about it. Journal about it. Tell tell people about it. Uh, read books about it. Within X number of months or years, you will make $100,000. There's nothing that will stop you from that. Um, and that was the most basic income principle that I learned because I applied, I, I did that very thing. It was six figures. I wanted to do it and I did it in two years. And then I learned other lessons along the way. I didn't like the person I had become that allowed me to earn that money. So I was like, oh, well, there's other, there's other things here too. And I've applied it to everything. My that was when that was the biggest eye opener was I could get everything, but it, it was even more fulfilling when I was nice to people, or I had relationships along the way, or I helped other people mm. make a hundred thousand dollars at the same time. So I couldn't get enough of that when I first learned that, and I'm still learning that today. I'm still learning the best ways to apply that principle to everything I do today. So you started out seeing this that you can become what you think about. What basically what you set your mind to is another sort of cliche, but probably true way to put it. You started monetarily with that goal. You achieved it. You're like, wow, this is great. It works. But there's more that I want. There's deeper that I want here. Yeah. What were those things that that came out of that? Being thoughtful or being intentional about what I could have was was attractive to me. So I wanted great friendships, great relationships. I have friends from all walks of life. This goes back to the empathy thing where I don't I do my best not to judge people right away, especially when other people judge them for, for me. So I give people a chance. I want to hear their story. I want to hear why they why they think why they think the things that they do and why they do the things that they do. So that's another rabbit hole we can get into. But what else have I applied this to? Um, my career. The, the first thing I did when I had frustration at a previous corporate job was put all these, I taped all these papers together and I taped them up to my wall. I'm pretty sure this is something I shared with you. I call it Greco's wall. Um, there's a quote that was at the top that is just eluding me right now. That would be very germane to this conversation. I can't think of it. Can I, can I try to paraphrase it? Please. This might even trigger it for a couple of listeners, but I'm not gonna be able to come up with it. Um, said something like, if we don't believe in something, we shall fall for anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I I actually think that's pretty close. I wrote that at the top and then, you know, pictured these pieces of paper tape together, taking up the whole wall, I had a canvas of whatever I wanted to write on it. 
And what I did was I wrote down on a separate sheet of paper as a little, little practice run, like a hundred descriptions or attributes, you know, all relatively positive. And I narrowed that list down to like my, the eight most that I wanted to embody. And I remember, I can remember, you know, a handful of those eight probably right now. Um, the people I surround myself with will most greatly impact my future. Uh, balance and all things is key. Discipline is the most, uh, I think I said like the, the straightest path to fulfillment. And where'd you get these? I just, they were in my mind. I, I when I narrowed okay. it down, like I narrowed down the principles, right? So one would be like relationships, one would be disciplined. So then I was like, well, what is the sentence that embodies what I believe in mm -hmm. about that thing? Mm -hmm. So I started with that and that took up the whole left side of the, the sheet, but then I had, you know, the whole center and right side. And for the next year and a half, all I did was write down quotes that spoke to me, um, was reading other books, you know, think and grow rich and all these other things that espouse the same things. I believe I would take quotes and just write them on the wall so that when I woke up, when I went to bed, I was looking at these things that really spoke to me. And I don't even think I knew it at the time then either, but I was basically reprogramming my subconscious to, to live out these things. Be the hero in your own movie. That was another one. Yeah, um, I like that one. Yeah. So it was all these things that were super important to me. Uh, one of them was I will find my dream job. I remember the, I remember the day I wrote that. I will, I will find my dream job. And, what were you feeling uh, then? Uh, this is another success principle I coach people to is that the greatest things are born of the opposite of the negative of that thing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that because I was super unhappy at my job and I knew really, really what I did not want. And I didn't want more of that. So then it became, well, what did I want? I wanted the opposite. I wanted the best job. I can earn the, the most money. I could help the most people. I could be the most fulfilled. I wouldn't settle for anything less than that. And I think not a lot of people even let themselves dream that that's even possible. And that's what I want yeah. to help teach people to do. Can I just pounce on that one for a minute? So when you talk about the secret, there's a deeper ideology, I think, behind that, that, like you said, I think you said corniness or something to get through. But for me, we're not going to agree 100% with other people or other things, but it's where do we have those commonalities? And I think on some large extent of that and the message you're talking about, there's commonalities that we can all cling to. That certainly I do. And here, it's that example you just gave is perfect. You have that choice. We have that choice at that moment when things are bad to say, boy, things suck right now. Everything's terrible. It's, tomorrow's going to be worse. That's a choice you make to think those thoughts or at least to give light to those thoughts because they may come into your mind. But you make the choice to flip that. The, the light comes from the dark or, or the, the good comes from the bad. Is that rational? Is that in a book somewhere? It doesn't matter. But if you program your mind to think that way, then when you face adversity, you flip adversity. And people like you who do this are then able to, to get out of it. And it's natural, I think, to not do that. It's natural to just let the crappiness consume you and snowball you down a hill. But I, to me, that's what I've learned so much from you, from watching you over the years is that's the power we have is to take control of how we respond to circumstances and, and might as well make it good. Now that I think I've read this somewhere, we're the only species that has the capability to contemplate our reaction after, after a stimuli or a stimulus occurs to us. Right. So many species in the animal kingdom, they're just reactive to whatever biological programming that they have. We have this thing called our brain or, or our mind 
where we can we can say, oh, well, this this is how I feel. Like step outside of who we are and assess it. And we don't do enough of that. Yeah, I would agree. I this might be a a bit of a tangent, but I feel that you did this before The Secret, before you watched that movie. Because I'm thinking of college and your you you alluded to your sports career a bit. I'm kind of pressing on this intentionally because I want to hear this story. <laughs> if you're willing to share that story. Yeah, of course. Um, trying to think back of, of the mindset I was in. I think it was a little bit different. <clears throat> I think I maybe utilized some of the principles without actually knowing it. Yeah, even if it's different. Just what was that story? Because for me, it was powerful. Yeah, so it starts with the, the tumbleweed in, in high school theme where I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I started to go into... I entered into the college exploration process without knowing what I wanted to study, what I wanted to do. All I knew is that I wanted to play baseball because that was what I was good at. And I found success. I had a lot of friends that I played baseball with. So I wanted to keep that going. That was the one thing I was sure about. So I went to a school, St. Lawrence University, walked on the baseball team. They knew about me. I wasn't really heavily recruited, but uh, I played fall ball there. And and there was a series of cuts in the seasons in in the spring. So we get to the end of October. It starts to get cold out. And uh, you know, the cuts stopped happening. Now, I didn't get any official word that I wasn't on the team. But on the last day of practice, I got co- I was called into the coach's office and he let me know that I was not going to be on the team. And I didn't even know that was a possibility. I thought it was I was on the team. It was already a done deal. The season was in the spring. We we're just kind of practicing and wrapping up fall ball to prepare for the winter. So it, it crushed me. It was my identity. It was, it was who I was. And, you know, to compress time here a little bit. I also wasn't really happy at the school. Um, it was like a, a, just a culture shock for me and not my type of people. So it was clear to me that I, I needed to transfer out and I, I didn't even want to give it another year. And I'm telling this to a person who also transferred out of a college, but at least you gave it a full year time period, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much credit I get for, for the particulars, but we can glaze over those for now. So anyways, I transferred to Fredonia. Same thing. The, the coach knew about me um, from, from, you know, high school. So, um, I went to him and he said, well, our roster is pretty full. You know, you can try out next year. Like, okay. So, you know, summer went by, went back to school as a sophomore for my second semester there. So it's the first semester of the fall, went out for fall ball tryouts, you know, scrimmages and all that. And Dan, I got cut from the team again. I was, I didn't know what to do. It was, it was my identity. It was who I was. I was a baseball player. And I remember I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just like stumbled off off the scene that day, um, you know, away from the field. And I went behind the softball field where there, there wasn't anybody. I sat on the warning track and just bawled my eyes out. I didn't know what to do. It was just overcome with emotion. And um, it was like a real gut check time in my life because it was something that I, it was my identity. It was who I was. I've said that. A number of times now after sleeping on it for a couple of days there there wasn't anything that was going to keep me from playing baseball and i remember going into the coach's office and i said i just pleaded my case i didn't want to like you know come off like that kid but i said you know i know i'm good enough to be on the team which which i did and i said i'll do whatever it takes whatever you need me to do i, I want to show you that i'm i'm worthy enough to be on this team and i will contribute so the coach said all right you can you can help out being a bullpen catcher I didn't even flinch, you know, like which for those, sorry, for those who don't know baseball, that's like a, 
it's like an irrelevant role on the team. You could pretty much throw it off a wall instead, but okay, why don't you catch it so they can at least have somebody throw it back to him? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and usually not on the roster, but he, he said you'll you'll have a roster position, but you know, there's no guarantee of any playing time or whatever. Right. So, so I, I said whatever. I was a middle infielder. I never had caught a, a ball in my life with a catcher's mitt. Next thing I did is bought a catcher's mitt and kind of trained with with the catchers on the team. There are three other ones, and I just soaked up as much knowledge as I could and bit the bullet and tried to be whatever I could be to help the team. And much more to the story, but long story short, by the end of the year, I was starting conference games, or I started a conference game. And then the following year, I, I made all region. And mm-hmm. I just There's a lot of stuff in between there that I, I took personally. I, I, I trained so hard in that off season that summer that when I came back for fall ball and winter practice in the gym, I was the first in every sprint. I was, you know, I hit the ball the hardest. I ran the longest. I, I did everything, number one, to get noticed going into my junior year, my, my junior season. And um, it was, it's probably to this day, one of the biggest accomplishments in my life of an extreme negative that occurred to me that I, I turned into an extreme positive. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I was going to say if if it's not clear for people at this point like the the parallels to draw from that i mean most people when you get cut twice like you it's very easy to just take that punch and just say well this is who i am and it sucks you didn't carry yourself that way it was what can i control and you told the coach i will get this done because i can control that and then you showed up and you worked as hard as you possibly could and made sure that you were maxing out all that stuff, all those things in your control. And then what's the payoff at the end? That's the payoff is you ended up being all region. And it's a perfect, I've, I've told friends that story (laughs) from my perspective when describing you, because I don't think there's a better way to describe how you approach life. You might attribute it to this movie. It's the same thing. You, you took the punches and you said, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make this work. And you set your mind to it and you made it happen. And then the next year, after you're all region, I'm lost in my life trying to figure out what to do for different reasons. I transfer in and everybody on the team loves me because of how much they love you. My path was so easy because of that. So all this downstream benefit that came from what you did for yourself and out of control for yourself. But like you said, I mean, it's helping others too, or has a good impact on others too. So, so I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you saying that. I think there's another principle in there of like, I did that, you know, there's a bit of selfishness in there. That was all about me. Like I, I wanted to prove that I belong there, but meanwhile, other people were inspired by that. Or like you said, it paved the way for, for yourself, mm-hmm. but I, I apply that to the coaching principle that I coach people to. You have to put on your own oxygen mask before you put others on. Yeah. You can only show up for people to the best of your ability when, when you are at the best of your own ability. Again, I don't know if I realized that during the time that I did that, but that's exactly what I did. I took care of myself. I worked my my ass off for what I was training to do, and there was a wake left behind me that rippled rippled through the rest of the world that I couldn't have predicted would happen. I love that because that sounds grandiose, but it's not. Like <clears throat> through the rest of the world, the world you interacted with, the people who knew you, that's how they saw you and what they had to respond to, and we each have that in our own sphere. And it's as, it's as large or small as we make it. And so, yeah, it, okay. At, at first glance, it's like, really, Josh, what you did rippled through the world? It's like, uh, yeah, all of our actions do all of the time. So you might as well make them be the hero in your own story. Make it what you want. 
That's great. I also think it happens for a reason. And I say that because that's the meaning that I choose to give to it. Right. We touched upon this earlier. Nothing, nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give to it. So we might as well just tell ourselves better lies. Oh, I like that. So, that that's a new one from you. I, I've said it before. Maybe <laughs> not to you, though. But uh, it's so true, though. It's so, it's so true. Yeah. Uh, just a quick side note, because uh, I do this with my you know, coaching teams of people to illustrate this example. I ask them what frustration means. And if there's a group of five people, you get five different definitions. How is that possible? Hmm. You know, they'll say like, well, there's a gap between what I'm trying to do and what I know how to do, or I can't figure something out. Like they all kind of mean the same thing. But then I say, well, how about this? Frustration just means I'm about to learn something new. And then all of a sudden frustration is an emotion that I like because I'm about to gain knowledge. I like it. These are little hacks. These are little psychological hacks that you say, well, I- I'm tricking myself. Okay. Like it's all in your mind anyways. We're always tricking ourselves. Even with right. what we think reality is, it's it, it's just our own meaning of reality. Yeah. So you might as well pick a good one and one that works for you and brings you and the people around you success. And yeah. I'm a people, you're a people. <laughs> so knowing how much people can make a difference and we're one of them, we can make that difference. Like it's just ipso facto, the logic follows. I think there's a maturity process throughout life that you like you're always on one side of that equation like you're always watching others or learning from others or being a part of others experience and you realize oh crap like i'm i'm a part of the opposite side of that equation for other people there's always somebody watching me there's always yeah uh, an example i can set and not that you do it for them or you put on a show but you want to you want to bring your best self to every situation so that whoever is watching can catch that spark and that's the difference when, when people say they want to make a big difference in the world or serve a purpose or whatever that this is, it's nothing more than just being your best self. You, 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 you can't help but to elevate other people and other people can't help but feel elevated around you. It's one of those best of both worlds things that shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> if you look out for yourself in that way and you make yourself, right. I don't know how to better put it, well, I guess. So just leave. There's a line here, right? With being uh, selfish and, you know, macho machismic what's the word (laughs) is that a word i've never heard the word machismic but i'm i'm following you it It could be a pokemon um (laughs) there's so many now it probably is machismo is a word i don't know if i'm saying it right but that definitely is a word it is it is uh but but there's a line right we're not talking about like just being selfish for selfish's sake but we're talking about getting our needs met with what we actually need being true to ourselves and our emotions um and and what they're trying to tell us you know so much of of life is just pushing down how we feel about certain things because society or or even our loved ones you know our family members think that we should act a certain way about certain things and if we're fulfilling other people's visions of how we should be and not our own we'll never be happy ever yeah so that's the background that's the foundation of the mindset and what drives you and all that but to tie it back all around to where we started and what you're doing day to day. Are there any stories you can share of (laughs) like aha moments or just like brilliant moments where you felt like this is awesome that I get to do this breakthroughs you had with clients or just experiences like that? Well, so one of the things I do on every coaching call is start out with a celebration, no matter what state of mind people are in when they come to their coaching session, I want to start it out framed in a way that we can, we can get value out of our time together. What, what's going well that, that we can focus on right now? It's amazing when I ask that question, what are we celebrating today? The first three, four, five times I ask it is, um, 
And then the sixth time when I ask it is, you know, I woke up this morning and I enjoyed a beautiful sunrise and I, I started my morning off with a coffee and I loved my day. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are noticing things to be appreciative of. And that's one of the major success principles of the mindset game that I'm preaching is that there's so many things to be thankful for that we take for granted every day. And especially the higher that we go in our success, the more we take for granted, the more our normal changes to, to what we just expect to happen every day. And then COVID was a great reminder that everything can be taken away. So to start out the coaching call like that sets the tone. And then this is the, this is the reason why I frame the answer that way is because I always leave every coaching call with what are you taking away that's most valuable to you today? And it just reinforces the, the place where we started in the mindset and then something new that can be applied from then on. Like it's not something that just is a checkbox and we got to this level and, and we've achieved something today, although it is that too. But it's how can this principle be applied every time I feel this moving forward so that I can better my life even without you here. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I love the celebration thing ending up in people finding things to celebrate. And it makes an analogy come to mind. Like you said, they notice the beautiful things that aren't there. Previously, they've been noticing the maybe the bad things. People are, tend to do that. And you go, they're both true. They're both real. Neither one is fake or phony. But why, why would you lean towards the negative? We're maybe naturally inclined to do that, but why not pick the good one? And the analogy is, I like some food and I don't like some food. And if I have food that I hate in my house and food that I love in my house, <laughs> I'm not lying to myself by eating the good food. I'm just choosing to eat the good food. Why would you eat the disgusting stuff? Right? A perfect analogy. And it's the power of choice. And we always have choice. Always have a choice. No matter what circumstance happens to me, I, I get to choose how I feel about it. So stop opening the deli meat drawer and looking at the liverwurst for 10 minutes every day when you've got strip steak on the top shelf. Dan, liverwurst on a cracker and a little bit of mustard goes a long way. Oh, crap. All right. Uh, <laughs> sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Only Agreed. one woman I, I knew in the world liked sauerkraut, and she passed away tragically recently. But Recipe. I don't think anyone – yes, I don't think anyone else could possibly enjoy that. Yeah. So – You've got a fridge full of sauerkraut and a fridge full of milk, chocolate, Reese's eggs. Okay, I'm off on a tangent. Well, your the takeaway is that your podcast is not going to be trending in Germany. That's what we know for sure. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask for takeaways, and you jumped ahead of me. Sorry, Germans. Um, <laughs> I do my best not to bother you, but I think I stepped in it on this one. But that's okay. We'll get you on the next one. We'll talk about how great your beer is and your your high socks. So, Josh. What are the other takeaways you have for this podcast? Well, I just thought of a better way to answer a previous question. So however you want to fit this in. I love this. So one of my, one of the clients that I coach, you know, I started out with that principle. What are we celebrating today? What are we celebrating today? Very stoic. You know, I don't know what he's getting out of the call. You know, he probably talks maybe 90% of our coaching sessions, which is fine. If, you know, if that's the value, him kind of airing out some grievances and what he needs to work on and all that kind of stuff. But I asked him what, what one time, you know, how things were going within the company. And he said something like, you know, well, the best part of what's going on right now is that I've implemented your, you know, what's going great right now with my manage my managers. Ah. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I start out every meeting with what's, what's going great. What, what can we celebrate right now? So more, it speaks more to that ripple effect, right? With me not even knowing, like just trying to get the best value out of the call with, with him. And meanwhile, he's affecting other people's lives and his business more positively 
with that same principle. So that's something that sticks out to me that, uh, you know, when I heard it, it was like, oh, like this stuff is, is powerful. I love that. I've got that too with what you've helped me um, feel empowered to do with this podcast. There's been people who have reached out to me, friends in different parts of the country. Hi, Andy, in particular, looking at you. Um, and I haven't talked to you in years, but heard that I was doing the podcast, listened and was like, hey, man, and then we've reconnected. And is that why I did it? No, I did it because it was true to me and something I really wanted to do. And look at this happy stuff that's fallen out of it. So, Josh, you've got your hand raised. Yeah. So that is my takeaway. It's something something that is the most important thing that I've taken away in my journey is that things show up that you have. You cannot even fathom how good they can be if you do things for the right reasons. If you really pursue what you want to pursue and stay true to who you are and be honest with yourself. Stuff starts showing up in your life like you could never imagine. That's amazing. And it's like that on a simple level with reconnecting with old friends and people who, who mean things to you. But it's also in other ways that I can't even really describe. It's monetary. It's physical. It's metaphysical. It's emotional. It's um, spiritual. It's transcendent. And I can, I can sell it by being you know saying it with conviction. But when you go through it, it's like, oh, this is what he's talking about things just start showing up and you almost, it's almost like the universe rewards you for taking the path that you were always meant to be taking anyway. And it's almost like this, what if it were easy? Like the, the path is actually quite easy to take, but for whatever reason, we've, we've made it difficult on ourselves or we've, we've allowed others around us to make it difficult for us. Why not do it? Let's give it a whirl. All right. In closing, I want to tell one more story and then I want to hear where people can find you if they're so inclined. So my last story is, is another bit of gratitude towards you. I just alluded to, you know, you empower me to start this podcast. I remember being at grandma's house. Are you pregnant? I'm not pregnant, but thank you. Okay. I'm might still be working on that. I might not. We're going to keep that one close to the vest. All right. We were at grandma's house and just talking about careers and stuff a couple of years ago. And uh, you mentioned that you can't wait to see what I do after my job at the bank because you think I have so much more in me, so much more creativity than what I'm tapping into in that role. You don't know what it's going to be, but you can't wait to see it. And you said that to her, not looking at me, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, Josh. But it's stuck with me. It's stuck in my brain, and I've felt that, and it's been so, for some reason, so empowering to know that somebody close to me like you feels that way about me. It's helped lead to this podcast, which I'm really enjoying, and probably other things before and since. So I just want to thank you for that and appreciate that, uh, that impact you've had on me and, and I'm sure on others through this, through this mindset. Yeah. I love you, Daniel. And hopefully nobody from the bank is listening. Uh, they might, they might hate me for, uh, trying to get you to leave there, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at multitasking, uh, to both of you and like you and them. <laughs> so uh, I'm pulling off both right now and enjoying it. So thanks for that. So where can people find you, Josh, if they want to reach out for, for whatever reason? Um, I don't know. Is this for like anybody who's interested in having conversations or coaching or anything in particular? Yes. Yes to all. <laughs> okay. Joshua at ProAdvisorCoach.com. Advisor has an O in it, not an E. Um, the O is just before the R at the end of advisor. Should we just spell it all out, Dan? No, no, they got okay. it. Okay. That's they got to be sharp if they want to work with Josh Greco. <laughs> yeah. If you can't spell it, then you, you, there's no place for you. No, total nonsense. <laughs> Come on, let's have a conversation. Uh, ProAdvisorCoach.com is the website. There's a little bio on me and a nice picture. Oh, and you know, LinkedIn, I have my own podcast. It's called Truth Seekers. It's for people who are seeking their own truth. 
about success principles in business. We feature, when I say we, it's uh, another coach and myself, Coach Nick Davies. Um, if you like English accents, he's from right outside of London. He's got a good uh, one. I, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I like listening to him better than you just for that. That's fair. I, I got to work on my own accent. Um, I, I would <laughs> love to, to, to have an Australian accent. I just cannot do the O, Dan. Yeah. No, it's difficult. Yeah. Anyways, Truth Seekers with Coach Nick and Josh on uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. I believe we're on Spotify. We're on, we have our own YouTube channel. And uh, LinkedIn posts a lot of content on LinkedIn as well. And then the, this has been the longest sign-off I've yet had. So this is nice. We'll see what we do with it. Which is leaving people hanging here. And uh, one more message. I mean, we might as well draw it out. <laughs> further, right? Somebody's got the van running. The kids are in it. And they're just like leaned out the door like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm still putting the food in the Tupperware to be able to take with us here. As long as uh, not sauerkraut. If this resonates with you, go get more of it in your life. It doesn't have to be from me, but just just surround yourself with these principles and other people who, who believe in them and people who believe in you because that's the only way that you get this and you, you tap into that really fruitful lifestyle of embodying who you were meant to be. Hey, thank you very much for listening to this little creation. If it made you smile, let's do it again. And in the meantime, please leave a rating and a review. Follow on Instagram at Most Alive Podcast for bonus content previews or to contact me and maybe even tell some other people where they can feel most alive.